You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Now, today I wanted to chat about what to buy for your new baby. So, new mums or mums to be. I know that you're looking at all the things. You're looking at all the shops, all the Googling. There's so much stuff out there on social media. It's completely overwhelming as to what you may or may not need. And I also get a lot of questions about different products and if I recommend anything. And a lot of it is just unnecessary. Firstly, unnecessary to buy before you've had your baby, before you even know what your baby's going to be like. And secondly, you might not even need the product at all. And also, I know that you all like my segments where I do midwife to midwife chats. I've had a few of those now and so many of you love to, um, you feel like you're listening in on two midwives having a chat. So I will do, I'm going to do another one of these and I have got a fellow midwife here with me today and she's a fellow mama too. Her name is Natasha So and she's going to help me unpack what we need to know about what to and what to not buy for or get for your new baby. Now, Natasha also runs the podcast, Welcome to Motherhood, which is a fairly new podcast, but it helps you with all things from birth and all things around surrounding motherhood. And I've listened into a few of her episodes. I think it's going to be fantastic. So you can find her on Instagram at Welcome to Motherhood podcast and she will let you in on all the exciting guests that she has on there and all the different topics which are really relevant to new mums. So Natasha, thank you so much for joining me. I know you've got a busy day and thank you for taking your time out to join me on today. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. So we're going to get started and I'm going to ask you for a few of your tips and I'll share mine as well. Just your top have to have so you must need things for a new baby oh okay i was thinking i think about this often because after having four kids people often come to me with that question all the time yeah. um because as you will know and people who are listening who know your first baby you buy everything you can physically buy um and your relatives usually buy everything they can buy and you don't need most of it so i was knuckling down on what i would think are my like top five top of my list and I always scream this from the rooftops is I love the love to dream swaddles you know the zip up swaddles super foolproof swaddling and wrapping your baby is freaking hard to keep them in when you're trying to get their arms in there's always something coming out I swear by the love to dream swaddles. I feel like they need to pay me. Like I literally tell every single person I come across, (laughs) I didn't know about them with my first two children. So I spent hours upon hours trying to get my children to stay in their wraps. I was given one with my third and it literally was like, where have these been all my life? I think I ditched every wrap I owned and just stuck with them. So I tell everyone, secondhand is fine. Babies grow so fast. You can find some secondhand ones if you need to because they're not cheap, but secondhand they often are. Yeah. Those are my definitely one of my number ones. Yeah. Second would be, I have in the last probably four or five, five years probably become a total car seat, schooled myself up on car seats and car seat safety. And 
a good car seat that can rear face for at least a couple of years would be another thing that I often tell people, encourage people to spend a bit of time researching and actually buy a new car seat as well because secondhand you never yeah. know if it's been an accident unless it's a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, a rear-facing car seat that can face for at least a couple of years, I swear by. And a lot of people don't think about that when they're buying for babe, newborn babies. Um, but I, it's always one of my things I always push. Yeah. Number three, I'm going to go lots of undersuits and onesies and singlets. So for the newborn stage, you don't have to wash every day. And I say this from a purely practical, no one's got time to wash every day. You're going to have poo explosions. You're going to have drool. <laughs> you're going to have potentially vomit. I would always recommend in those newborn first couple of sizes, just buying heaps of easy undersuits. So you've got enough to survive you through at least three or four days without having to wash if need be. Yeah. And they can be cheap. They just need to be something to put yeah. them on the baby. On the clothing, another, so I say four, I would say less fancy outfits and more just comfy all-in-one zip up we you know whether it's like a wonder suit or an undersuit or something just a lot of people buy a lot of fancy newborn baby girl dresses with frills and baby's jeans and all this kind of stuff when reality is uh, my advice would be just stick with comfy they're pretty much sleeping most of the time so you don't need them to be all dressed up so basic clothing and oh, five, 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 I'm going to go an easy to fold pram <laughs> because yes. you will thank me and you you can probably attest to this. I have, yeah. I think me and my husband worked out the, about a year ago that over our parenting with our four children, so over the last almost 15 years, I have owned 16 prams. Yes, I'm oh. not as <laughs> Because I bought prams that I thought looked cool and then they yeah. weren't very practical or they weren't easy to fold or then I needed a double pram or then I wanted a smaller pram. Literally, my husband, it's he harasses me for this. <laughs> um, but I have stuck with one now for a few years because it's easy to fold and comfy to push. So yeah. when you want a pram, push it around the shop and see how you can fold it with one hand because you generally only have one hand to fold your pram. Yes. I um, I remember when I was in a shopping complex car park once with my, with when I had the two little boys and, um, I literally couldn't fold this pram. I needed two hands. It was really hard. And in the end, I tried to put the back seat, one of the back seats down and just put the pram in without it being folded. Uh, and I was like, I hate this pram. So I completely agree. I, I'm so sick of prams that you have to take off certain, certain bits before you have to fold them. And then you've got, yeah, crazy. I've actually got a friend who said to me she was so sick of having troubles folding her pram when she bought a new car. She bought like almost like a van so she could just put her pram up <laughs> in the back of the car because yeah. she was so sick of juggling. She's got five or six kids, so she was so sick of juggling it. She bought a car that she could just drive the pram into and shut the boot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, those are really those are really good um, tips of what, what we need. And um, I also love the Love to Dream swaddles. I've used them as well. And I was also going to say with the swaddles, um, if you are buying the wraps, make sure that you buy really big wraps. You can wrap your baby up really well. Those small little muslins are just, they're just not going to be able to go around your baby. Baby will get out of that in 30 seconds. Um, And the stretchy one meter by one meter yeah, wraps are really, really good. But then with the swaddles, they can't, babies can't get out of those. At least no, <laughs> there's no chance. Yeah, there's no chance. And a couple of other things I have on my little list I was writing just before um, is 
a portable change mat I got for my third, which revolutionized my life. I think I just got it from Kmart and it was just small and put it in my handbag. And when I was out, when I used to be out, I needed to change my boys. I would use a blanket and then I'd have to always wash it. With these, you can just wipe down with a wet wipe and put your baby in the back of your car and and change them. So I really, I wish I'd had the portable change mat for all of my kids. You find um, these things like a don't you and think, I wish I knew about this the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing I was thinking of before as well was a really good carrier. So um, whether it's an Ergo or a Baby Bjorn or just one of the, the ring wraps that you have for your baby, often babies at the, in the early days don't want to go down in the pram. Later on, they, they love the pram. But at the beginning, some babies don't want to be just lying in a pram. And if you take your pram out and then you've got, you take your wrap with you as well, you can then pop your baby in the wrap or in the ergo or baby Bjorn and walk around and have your two free hands and continue on. If you, cause if you've gone out and you haven't got a carrier with you and your baby won't go in the pram and you need two hands and you're trying to do all the things like shop, um, it becomes completely impossible. I have seen some mums, you just kind of feel sorry for them when they're like in woolies or coals and they're pushing the pram and holding the newborn at the same time. Yeah. Using oh. all of their manual willpower trying to make sure the pram stays and they've still got the baby. I know. <laughs> exactly what you mean. I know, yeah. It's funny you say that. I am um, with my first two again and didn't know much about like the benefits, I guess, of wrapping or having a carrier. I knew they existed, but it just wasn't something I ever kind of looked into. And I actually got um, given an ergo, bought for me an ergo with my third and it was so much easier. And we have traveled a lot with our last couple of children. Yeah. And even my, my son, about a couple of years ago, we went to Japan and Japan is the most amazing country, but the most pram unfriendly country I've ever been to in my life. Because oh. And I had, I had like a decent sized pram and it was amazing, but the pram I think got used for the airport purely and the rest yeah. of the time he literally was in the um, Ergo and like we went to Disneyland and Universal Studios and all these places and it was a godsend because he was comfortable. I still had two hands free to juggle other kids yeah. and I, I was like, I couldn't have done it without it because I literally would have got my pram like nowhere um, around <laughs> where we're going. So I totally agree with that. I forgot that off my list actually. I'm surprised I didn't think about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's, yeah. I, um, I think that when girls are coming towards the end of their pregnancy and they go on maternity leave and they've got all that time up their sleeve before they have their first baby, I was the same. You can kind of get really wrapped up in the moment of all these things that you might need. And as you were saying with comfy outfits and things, I, when I had my little girl, because I had the two boys first, I got a lot of presents from friends with like the headbands or the clips, for her hair, shouldn't have any hair for a year. Um, <laughs> and all these little dresses and, and when girls are learning to crawl, they can't wear dresses. Even when they're just walking, they can't wear dresses. They can only wear dresses really when they're from around the age of like two, when they're walking properly and not falling over it. So I totally agree on that. Just the comfy outfits, because that's what you can be wearing 99% of the time. 
Yeah, and I always think about if, if I'm laying in bed like 80% of my day, I don't <laughs> want to be wearing jeans and a frilly top and a headband, you know. Yeah. I always try and think about like, what would I like to do when I'm in bed? Because that's majority of what they're going to be doing for the first few months. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, yeah. And do you have any little tips on what you definitely don't need? Have you got anything there? I would say a lot of time and money goes into buying toys for babies. I, again, first child probably had every single toy that Fisher and Price ever put out. She probably played with one or two of them. And even then she probably did it when she was one versus when she was one week. I often say to people, don't worry about buying toys. Um, and when I say toys, like I don't mean playmats and things because they can, they do have a place and they can come in handy. I mean the actual toys, you know, the rattly things, the shaky things, yeah, all of that stuff. If you have a couple, that's great. But I encourage parents not to really bother. Someone's going to buy you one or give you one, but I would encourage parents not to worry about buying them themselves because babies don't play with toys very often and they'll be more interested in grabbing the TV remote or grabbing the box of tissues or the wipes or they'll just grab whatever's around them. They don't care yeah. if it's not, you know, a high-priced fancy toy that you've bought. So toys would be one thing that I discourage people buying before they have their babies. Yeah, um, absolutely. Also baby products as far as things like baths and um, soaps and even yeah. a lot of the moisturizers and all the stuff that basically a lot of it's just chemicals. Um, obviously there yeah. are, we are in a day and age where we do have a lot more with regards to actually organic and natural products. Like we do have a lot more of those than probably we did even when I started having children. But I am always so such a big advocate for the fact that your baby's been inside you with nothing but, you know, fluid around it. Don't deliver your baby and coat them with moisturizer and baby soap and baby shampoos. And people traditionally, that was like the probably one of the most common baby shower gifts or baby gifts yes. was all these smellies. And I honestly don't know the last time I have even brought any kind of those things. Like I think... <laughs> I don't really have need to need to use them. Someone always buys it for you, but I discourage parents from going to the baby aisle of the supermarket and shopping up a storm on any of those kind of things. Yeah, um, it is not necessary, and the, unless they are actually natural, I also wouldn't recommend use them at all. Yeah, um, agree. Yeah. And. I guess loads of outfits, like loads of clothes. Like I mentioned before about goodbyes, it's just like plain comfy clothes. But I guess the last thing I would say that I would think don't buy is don't buy heaps of nice things because your baby yeah. might go out once in a size triple zero and you want a nice thing to wear. It might go out once in a size two zeros. You don't need to buy lots of fancy things from fancy baby shops. To, you you just won't use them and yeah. you'll end up having a whole lot of money sitting there in baby drawers. Just stick to cheap, comfy and simple and you'll be much happier and much richer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And when you said that about the three zeros or the two zeros, when when you're buying your four zero newborn clothes, think about if you have a, a bigger baby, my first was four, four kgs and I think he wore his four zero clothes for three weeks. So he hardly got through the drawer and then he was into his three zeros. And so you often find that if you buy too many of the one size, you don't even get through them all. The tags are still on and then they're into their next size. Um, I totally agree. I had my third daughter was over nine pounds as well. So, oh. And she was 
So if she was too long for anything or she was too chubby for anything, I honestly don't even think we even use the four zeros. Apart from bonds is often bigger sized. So that's yes. the only thing I think I ever use. The bond stuff was always like a size bigger. So apart from the bonds four zeros, I actually don't think she wore anything that wasn't three zeros and above being fat and long. Um, <laughs> so I totally agree with that too. Yeah, no. Um, and there was a couple of other things I thought of as well. With the toy thing, I completely agree. And also the mobiles that hang off the ceiling. I oh, see- gosh, especially about the cot. Oh gosh. I mean, the mobiles that they, the babies don't really look at them. They're either too far away for them to see, or really when they're in their cot, they're actually going to sleep. So you don't want a mobile on top of them, um, waking them up and getting them more stimulated. So I often say, if you want to put a mobile in the room for, to look nice, for the room to look nice, then that's fine. But um, don't buy one in the expectation that your baby's going to stare at a mobile above them for, for ages. Um. It's funny, in the movies, you always see a cot in a room with a mobile, like going around with a song playing and the baby going and garring and looking at it. And I always think, for one, the baby's not going to sleep, so that's not really a good idea. And I'm always just like, why? This is just so common though. And it's in people's, probably ingrained in people's minds when they do their nursery that they put the cot there that has a mobile above it because of what they have always just seen. And the baby shops also do it in their displays often. So it's it's funny you mention that because it's so common. (laughs) It is. And the last thing I had thought of was a breast pump. So uh, you Absolutely. Buying a manual breast pump, you will probably use in the early days. If you want to buy one of the suction breast pumps, like a Hucker, they're not expensive. You know, they might cost $30 or, or the manual pump can cost you less than $50, but definitely don't go and buy yourself a double electric pump um, that costs upwards of $400, uh, $500. Those pumps are amazing and they often will be needed. But wait until you've had your baby, the hospital that you birth with or the community program that you birth with usually will have a hiring system that you could hire a breast pump if you need to, a hospital grade one from them for the first few weeks. And then if it's evident that you're going to be a regular pumper or you're going to be needing to pump for quite a few months, then you can go out and spend that money. And you know, you don't need to have it ready because you could just send your husband out and he can go down to the baby shop and and buy the electric pump that that you want. So I have seen way too many electric pumps not be used or be used for maybe two weeks and they could just hire one from the pharmacy or from the Australian Breastfeeding Association or or something like that. That's so true. And they're such, like you said, they're so, when they're needed, they're so awesome and they're so needed. Yeah. But potentially it's for a really short time. And we're, we are so fortunate to live in a country where generally you can pretty easily get your hands on one. Yeah. Um, from hiring it somewhere, you know, like you said, pharmacies have them. Sometimes the hospital you've gone through will have them to hire out. So you, we are very fortunate. One thing that you mentioned too that I um, just remembered that was an awesome buy is those like the suction, the silicon, like the Haka pumps and things like that. Yes. Super cheap, super easy. I had one of them and actually ended up, you know, giving it to a friend who then she used it and gave it to a friend. It obviously got cleaned and sterilized. <laughs> yeah. And um, but in everyone that it touched was like, oh my gosh, where did you get this from? This is so. awesome awesome. So I little, and things like that, that's a cheap way of starting off if you need something versus going out and spending, you know, emptying your bank account while you're on maternity leave for a $500 pump that it's going to be amazing, but you're then not going to need it. And the resale on it will never be near as much as you paid for it. 
No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, um, we think very alike with what, what we need and what we don't need, probably because we've, we've both had lots of children and <laughs> have worked in this for a long time. Around not very practical and then absolutely <laughs> turned practical by the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so Natasha, thank you so much for coming and joining me on the podcast and just having a, a mum to mum or a midwife to midwife conversation about things. And I hope that mums to be or new mums listening get a few little um, tips and tricks about what you do and what you don't need when you're having a new baby. And I think that just waiting and you could always just buy something once you've had your baby. You don't need to have absolutely everything ready for before your baby is born. So um, Natasha, can you um, just let the listeners know where they find you and a little bit about what you're doing at the moment? Awesome. So to find me, I am under both on both Instagram and Facebook, Welcome to Motherhood Podcast. Um, the podcast has been up and running now for a few weeks. And basically my little mission with that is to spread education, advice and tips from the moment you have your baby, really. So covering off on all those things that you may not have paid too much attention to when you're pregnant and you're focused on the birth and really giving easy bite-sized educational episodes um, with regards to things you're going to encounter once you've had your baby and you're think, sitting there listening thinking what do I do now <laughs> so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing and um, yeah so far so good getting lots of feedback and lots of questions and lots of awesome guests interviewed like yourself um, <laughs> but yeah it's it's really really good Oh, awesome. No, it, it sounds really great. And what I have listened to so far sounds amazing. So I wish you all the best with that. And thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it. And at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it. Or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.